Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. This week, we're casting a spotlight across emerging markets. And considering the extent to which, when it comes to the impact of stresses in the global banking sector, EMs are maybe dancing to something of a different beat. We'll explore why the banking sector in emerging markets is showing greater resilience than its counterpart in the West. And we'll suggest, as we always try to do on this programme, what this could mean for canny investors in terms of portfolio positioning. To do that on the show today, I'm happy to say we're joined by a good friend of the programme, Alejo Chavonko, Chief Investment Officer, Emerging Markets Americas, UBS. Alejo's here to discuss a recent UBS CIO research paper, Mind the Differences, and a latest piece published just this past week entitled The Growing Relevance of Geographic Diversification. It's a pleasure to welcome him to the show. Alejo, always great to chat with you. As ever, I want to ask you about differences between the EM picture and the rest of the world. One prism through which to look at it is the banking sector, where from, well, from a little out of nowhere, really, we had a pretty volatile few weeks. Maybe we should start there in terms of setting some context. Give us a little recap, Alejo, of this period of turbulence, triggered, I guess, by the SVB failure. It's a pretty good place to start, right? I'll start by saying that from an economic perspective, the activity cycle in much of the world, I think, remains fairly unsynchronized. Uh, Starting with the U.S., incoming data suggests that the slowdown in the U.S. economy is gathering pace as financial conditions tighten. You highlighted banking stress, banks tightening lending standards, and as a result, this is not great for the outlook in terms of economic growth. Contrast that to what's going on in China, where we recently got first quarter GDP data, reflecting a broad-based recovery Services consumption was particularly strong, as you'd expect, coming out of you know pretty severe lockdowns. And looking ahead, we're penciling in full-year GDP growth to be above 5.5% in 2023. To your point, no country in the world today is totally immune to what's going on in banking sectors in the US and in Europe. However, I do think that the situation in emerging markets has proven to be very resilient. Why? I mean, these countries have had banking issues recently, not long ago, and they've learned from their mistakes and they've improved regulatory and supervision standards that are leading to, I think, better outcomes today. Let me give you one concrete example, Tom. If you look at the performance of financial services companies, equity market performance, since early March to today, U.S. financials are down 10%. European financials are down 6%. Emerging market financials are flat, all in US dollar terms. That's not something you typically expect. And I think it speaks to the resilience of emerging markets having learned from past mistakes and imposed much better regulatory and supervision mechanisms. Yeah, that's really interesting. So there is that rigor and that, I guess, that robustness that comes from uh, weathering previous storms. Is there also, though, because you mentioned China already, Alejo, is there also this idea that maybe emerging economies are reflecting the post-pandemic acceleration in China a little more uh, explicitly, well, certainly more explicitly than we're seeing in, in developed economies? I think that's fair. When you think about China, second largest economy in the world, a pretty large importer of 
certain manufactured goods, definitely commodities. In addition, a lot of international tourism coming back to life. So these are all transmission channels that I think are helping support economic activity in emerging markets. If you think about some countries in North Asia, they, ex they export quite a bit of manufacturing products to China. If you think about countries in South Asia, they export quite a bit of services in the form of tourism to China. And countries in Latin America, Chile, Peru, Brazil, they export quite a bit of commodities to China. So in this unsynchronized economic environment that I described, where say the US is going in one direction, China is going in a different direction, I think emerging markets by and large are a bit more exposed to what's going on in China relative to what's going on in the US. Of course, you know we can't make uh, conclusive statements in this regard. The world is deeply interconnected, but when you think about it on a relative basis, China is a bigger force for many of these emerging markets than the US is today. Alejo, another thing I wanted to ask you about, which I know you wrote about in the Mind the Differences paper, and, and perhaps you touched upon in the, the, the growing relevance of geographic diversification, the more recent piece as well, is the US dollar. And there's some interesting, this ties in interestingly, I guess, if we look at predictions for the greenback, how do your, you and your colleagues' predictions for that direction of travel, how does that shape the, the EM conditions? Because there are some correlations there. That's a fascinating, fascinating topic, Tom. The role of the US dollar as preeminent global reserve and trading currency has been hotly debated by the media, by investors in the last few weeks. Look, the bottom line for us is we think the US dollar will continue to lead in terms of being the preeminent global reserve and trading currency simply because there is no alternative you reserve managers, those involved in international trade of commodities, they're looking for liquidity. The dollar remains the most liquid currency out there by a wide margin. They're looking for deep derivatives markets to hedge exposures. We're talking about futures, options, among others. There's nothing like the derivative market for the US dollar. Now, at the same time, we need to recognize that the world is changing from a geopolitical perspective. And the fact that a country like Russia had a pretty large stock of international reserves that were frozen overnight by, quote unquote, the West, created some jitters around the developing world because countries like Brazil, countries like Mexico, countries like India, South Africa, they might not share the same geopolitical inclinations as the West, right? And therefore, they are looking to diversify their currency exposure. We've seen the gold gold being a, a clear winner in this context. If you think about it, last year, 2022, saw very strong central bank buying of gold following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This was the 13th consecutive year of net purchases of gold and the highest level of annual demand on record dating back to 1950. So gold is an alternative. Renminbi, the Chinese currency, is an alternative. However, we're talking about a dollar-centric system that makes some room for alternatives. But that is different from uh, stating that, that the dollar is dead. 
Let's look at this then through the prism of uh, the, the savvy investor. Uh, we always think it's instructive on this program, Eleanor, to then say, well, look, you know, what should this mean in terms of, of, of allocations, in terms of portfolio positioning? What would you say? What do you say, indeed, when you discuss this with colleagues, of course, with, with clients, about what all this should mean for portfolios? Definitely. We talked about, Tom, some cyclical economic activity developments, some secular trends in terms of geopolitics, the role of the dollar, all in. I think this all points to a growing relevance of geographic diversification in investment portfolios. This points to the need to actively mitigate your home bias. And in this environment, you've got emerging market assets that have less than perfect correlation to developed market assets. And therefore, we see this as quite appealing. That's why in our portfolios, We're looking for opportunities a little bit outside of the U.S. and emerging markets. Stocks and bonds do stand out because you're able to add exposure to these segments at relatively attractive valuations. And again, I mean, you're being exposed to different drivers that in in an asynchronous recovery globally and in a geopolitically tense world should add quite a bit of value to the construction of portfolios. Absolutely. And is it worth talking about just fixed income briefly, maybe as a final thought, Alejo, because I guess, you know, there's been lots of talk about the, the, the higher interest rate period, if that's now closer to a peak, depending on where you look. Is it time for investors who've maybe been holding a bit more cash to think about trying to lock in, lock in better yields elsewhere? Yes, that's indeed our thinking. Many investors have been rolling over exposure to very short term bonds. And we think that as the monetary policy normalization is reaching peak, that is the Fed reaching policy rates, uh, something similar happening in many in many emerging markets, it's time to take a little bit more of duration risk and lock in some of those relatively interesting rates. This is the case, for instance, in the emerging world. When you think about dollar denominated sovereign bonds from emerging markets on aggregate. They are offering an interest rate of 8.5% once again in US dollars. And we think this is attractive carry. Of course, you're taking some duration risks, but we think this is appropriate in the current stage of the cycle. Alejo Chavonko bringing us to the end of this edition of the Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance every week here on Monocle Radio. You can listen again and explore more at monocle.com. That's where you can join the club by subscribing to Monocle magazine. You can also follow this programme wherever you get your podcasts or discover more and find out how UBS can help you at ubs.com. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening.